What's up, hot dog? It's David James Young here with another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you're doing well. It is a milestone episode. We are at 60 episodes now, which is absolutely hectic. I'm I'm so, so amazed that we've gotten this far. So to go along with it, we have a milestone guest, or guests, I should say. We spoke to Duncan... And we spoke to Andrew from the band Basement. Yes, the absolutely wonderful English alternative rock slash post-grunge slash emo slash various other things band uh, that were out in Australia in May as a part of a massive headlining tour along with previous guests of the show Turnover. It really was one of the best shows that I've seen this year. It was a very, very great uh, showcase of two of my favourite records of recent years being Promise Everything and Peripheral Vision respectively. So it was great to head along and check that show out. And the guys from Basement were absolutely wonderful. They had so many great stories, and they really gave you an insight in what it was like to start the band, end the band, and then start the band all over again. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes of the podcast, and I hope it is one of yours as well. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so, so much for checking this out. I really hope you dig it. And if you do, guess what? There are 59 other episodes to check out. Some with people that you've probably never heard of. Some with people you might know, depending on where in the world you are. It all depends, but uh, I've got to say... There will be something that you will learn from this. That I, I've learned so much from this. I've learned a lot from talking to all these different people from all walks of life, different uh, levels of friendship, etc. Uh, different, you know, uh, experiences as a musician. It all comes into play. And I'm so, so excited to share all of it with you. Uh, for 60 episodes now, and I'm sure many, many more to come in the not-too-distant future. Before we get into this week's chat, we have to give a quick shout out to the people that make this podcast possible. Support for All My Friends Are In Bar Bands comes from Spit The Dummy Records. It is a DIY label uh, based out of Sydney, Australia, and you can pick up some really great releases in their back catalogue, including stuff from Tired Minds and Treehouses. So head along to spitthedummyrecords.bigcartel.com and check all of that out. Support also comes from Sad Girls Club, a collective of non-male musicians getting non-male voices heard in the world of music. Unfortunately, the uh, transgender weekender that was supposed to go ahead on August the 20th at Newtown Neighbourhood Centre is sadly no longer happening. I can confirm, of course, that Sad Girls Fest is still happening. And uh, you should pick up tickets for that. Also, uh, the founder of... Sad Girls Club. Rachel Maria Cox is on tour at the moment with a brand new EP. It's called I Just Have a Lot of Feelings. You can pick that up on Bandcamp. You can stream that over on Spotify. Uh, you can get it on iTunes, I'm pretty sure. Like, there's a, there's a million ways to check it out. 
and you are only doing yourself a disservice if you don't. So please, please, please head over and give that a listen. Last but certainly not least, support for all my friends are in bar bands comes from you. Thanks to all the incredible support of everyone that is a loyal patron. Thanks to Patreon. These are the people that are helping keep the lights on at Bar Bands HQ. Uh, It's all so, so, so appreciated. I really couldn't do this without you. So at the start of every month, I like to give a direct shout out to every single one of you. So as always, thank you to Amy Gray, Andrew Nicholson, Britt Andrews, Caitlin Beryl, Chris Pinagiotaro, Eleanor Shepard, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Kirsten Day, Leslie Bowden, Lily Belnick, Matthew Lynch, Max Quinn, Rachel Maria Cox, Rick Foster, Ryan Dunn, Sam Katrupi, Sian Van Abkudi, Simon Reynolds, Spencer Scott, Tom Brown, and Zoe Lane. If you would like to be like all of these living legends and keep this podcast going financially and throw a little bit in, as little as $1 a month, all of it counts and it's all so, so very appreciated. So if that sounds like something of interest, head along to patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. All right, let's get into episode 60. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Basement. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friends, Basement. Hello. Hello. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Well, you first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my name is Duncan Stewart. I play bass in the band Basement. I'm Andrew, and I sing. It is uh, Friday night. We are here at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville, in Sydney, Australia. Uh, third Australian tour for Basement, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and the biggest one yet, uh, absolutely. Uh, some of the biggest rooms you guys have gotten to play uh, in support of uh, your new record. Um, how, how's everything been going so far in support of, of Promise Everything? Like, it seems like like the band is like at a bigger stage now than it ever was even like the first time around. Yeah. Going really yeah. well. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. We're having a good time. Um, people seem to be enjoying the shows. Yeah. They certainly are. Probably going better than we thought it would yeah. and as well as we want it to honestly we've got no complaints at the moment it's all going that's fantastic well. and uh, how's the uh, Australian tour been going so far with Turnover really good great yeah. they're great uh, yeah I watched them for the first time from the like crowd perspective yesterday oh right yeah. it was amazing yeah, they sounded great so band. great fantastic how do you hook up with those guys we guess did... it's through the label yeah I've through Rumpa Cover through the through Rumpa Cover right. yeah. um, uh, and then kind of like basically, I like paid more attention to them when the uh, most recent record came out. Mm. Plus, we um, did a tour with them supporting the story so far in November of last year. Oh, okay. America. Um, so we got to meet them properly as people, um, and and like actually listen to them properly as a, as a band. Mm. And it was through that 
and we thought it would be a good idea to, to get because everyone got on really well and everyone's like into each other's music and stuff so we thought it would be a good idea to try and bring that over here because it's first time for them we've been out a couple of times and, and they were down and we were down so we did it yeah I have to address the elephants in the room was that a is that a for those listening at home uh, Duncan has got a few scars up and down yes. the arm there is, no. that a, is, that a, is that a gig injury or a no, skating injury no, no this is neither this is a, a fight <laughs> no, um, today we went and jumped off some cliffs um, and when we got to Sydney we arrived and we met up with our friend um, Jemmy took us to some cliffs to go dive off mm-hmm. and I jumped in and I was fine I landed and then you had to kind of swim up some, rock, uh, some rocks climb up and I actually swam to the wrong rock and it was covered in really sharp barnacles and as I oh. swam past it I just Slowly, like, got my arm across it, and it just sliced me up. Oh. Big time, yeah. It, it, it looks worse than it feels. Well, that's good. But it, it, it looked cool when I came out. My <laughs> arm was covered in blood. And, like, oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was worth it, though. It was, it was a lot of fun jumping up. <laughs> and you got a good story out of it, so does that. Exactly. They never get a cool scar. <laughs> now, the first time I saw you gentlemen perform live was in 2012, the first time that you guys came out here at uh, Rad Bar in Wollongong, oh, uh, a place that I would be even more terrified to see you in now. Uh, <laughs> back then, like, uh, I, I literally just because I knew some of the supports and I'd, you know, come, vaguely come across you guys. That was kind of my first proper exposure to you guys. And uh, that was a fucking ridiculous night because it, it's always interesting when you're seeing a band for the first time that other people have had in their lives for ages because, like, everyone knew every word. There were people literally uh, climbing up and jumping off the top of the fucking stairs yeah. onto other people. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Shout out to Jordan Leakspin. Who else? Who else? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, what was that first Australian tour like for you guys? Because that was a weird point, because you came out and then I think a couple of months later you guys split up yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so. um, that Australian tour was surreal. It was yeah. the furthest away from home we could possibly be, quite yeah. geographically. Um, and they were the best shows, we'd, I think some of the best shows we played to date it with the band. so cool. Like at that point, we'd done cool shows here and there and it'd been played some really good ones, but that mm. tour was consistently, every night was... A lot of fun every night. It was crazy. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was weird. We were just so shocked and felt like very honoured that we were able to even go out there. Yeah. Um, so to travel all that way and have people go as mad as they did, it was it was awesome. Yeah. In fact, every single time has been like stress free. There's something about touring Australia when it's just really it feels like a holiday yeah it's not, that, it's not that we don't put effort in I think it's just because everything's so nice and like everyone's so cool mm. and we just want to do more stuff sure yeah so we like go places and see stuff and you know that tour we're eating everything we could find yeah yeah. Just, it was just a great experience and we met that was when we also when we met the Endless Heights guys oh sure it was yeah. just something about those people mm. sharing a van and like they were like super excited to be on that tour we were super excited to have people that were that like Friendly, yeah, like, yeah. Willing to help us out. Great, great band. Uh, Joel's been on this podcast as well. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Hi, Joel. Hello, Joel. <laughs> uh, so uh, I begin these usually uh, by talking uh, about uh, your initial interest in music and how that kind of transitioned into being something that you actually wanted to do. What was uh, your kind of upbringing like, and how did music kind of factor into it? Um, I've always been into music um, from a really, really young age. My, right. my dad loves music, so. He would kind of bring me up, listen to stuff, sing into the washing up right. um, when I was younger. I remember asking him 
to buy me an, an acoustic guitar for my birthday when I was really, like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11. Uh-huh. And it was one of those things that he was reluctant to do because he thought I would just put it to one side and not do it. And yeah, yeah. After like three years, he was like, oh, okay, he's actually stuck with this. And then he allowed me to have an electric guitar. And then, so my, my, I've always loved music. I remember from a, like super, super young, like just being into like music in general. Like I used to love like straight up pop music when I was really young like whatever was in the charts and then when I started meeting Spice Girls old friends yeah I love the Spice Girls my, my favourite stuff was like Westlife I don't know if you guys know them oh yeah 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 uh, NSYNC Backstreet Boys like one of them lives here now really yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet him yeah. <laughs> no, like um, it was really weird because that's you know that's your only exposure to music is at the time was what, what was on the radio and what was on the TV yeah um, and then through kind of going to high school and meeting actually it was a little bit younger than that but meeting older people at school mm. who had, had already kind of found other things and then through that I got into like punk and stuff like that yeah, and then yeah, started yeah. to really kind of venture out and want to play and then had to play heavy music so. yeah. but uh, always I've been singing since I was like five there's yeah, like, videos right. of me and I had this weird tape player with like a handle <laughs> and then you could like attach a microphone to yes, it yes. so I would play it and then I think it's the one on Toy Story. I think it's like very oh, similar yes, to yes, that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, that's it. I had this big, it was gross thing, like this big like, plastic <laughs> handle. And I would just like walk around and just annoy everyone with me singing. And, and it was always the Frank Sinatra. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, they turned the shop. Like, you should definitely have that on stage with you. <laughs> My mum's probably kept it. She keeps everything. So I'm surprised. What about you, Duncan? When did music kind of come into your life? A very similar story to Andrew's here. It was my parents heavily into music their entire lives. It was constantly around the house. But one of the, the key things that got me into playing an instrument specifically was uh, we had a family friend by the name of Dave Larkham, and he was a drummer, and he had he was in a band in the eighties called The Bible, and they were like right. they, had, they had some some like moderate success in the eighties, and he was a friend of my dad's through some other work that they got involved in together and so then this guy Dave would come around occasionally he'd bring a drum kit round and me and my brother would play it and like we would get so excited we'd come round and he kind of was like showed us what a real instrument was and then because as the time went on I my brother then started playing drums properly he got his own kit and then for some reason I wanted to play the bass I was just like can I have a bass guitar one day and my dad was like uh sure cool um and then he got me one, and that was that. I've never, never put it down, not since. But yeah, it's just it, music's been something that's been constantly around. It's never not on, like around my family, around yeah, my friends. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just always been there. <laughs> Did you guys grow up in similar areas? Yeah, yeah, but not like super close. Like, right. I mean, what well, actually saying that? I grew up and lived like probably only about half an hour from where he did but yeah. right. I was in like really rural towns whereas he was in like, the, the biggest town in the in the yeah. uh, state county yeah. <laughs> and we didn't cross paths until like pretty much when you joined the band yeah because we originally Alex used to play bass and we had a, a friend of ours called Tom who used to play guitar and he was playing in bands in Ipswich while I was playing in bands in Stowmarket which was like the, the very smaller town like 20 minutes away from it right yeah yeah but we never really crossed paths 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, nah, that was we weren't in Dungeons and Dragons, but there was a band. There was a oh, band that's old. Uh, <laughs> and but we'd been in bands and stuff, and we played shows kind of around each other. But and I knew like of the band he was in and stuff. I knew of the people just because I'd seen them at shows and stuff, but didn't know any of them personally. Right. Yeah. 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 And then I think it was Alex that went to a show and met everyone. And yeah. We started wanting to play shows together. And yeah. Yeah. Then with with stuff. Um, and Duncan joined in so it was only really through the band that we mm-hmm. started hanging out with. Right, right. Tell us about the first time that you played live. Uh, how old were you? Uh, do, you remember, do you remember? Was it high school the, or anything like that? The first time I played music live um, was um, I used to, my dad used to take me and my brother down to these jam nights at various pubs around Ipswich where you'd just you know, you'd put your name down it was like kind of like band not band karaoke but you'd get up and play and jam and stuff like that and I remember I'd been getting bass lessons for a while and my bassist was like you're going to go to one of the jam nights and play and I was like oh, I don't know I'm, I, I'm not playing in front of anyone I'm, I'm, I'm really nervous I went down that Wednesday anyway to see my brother play but then um, my dad without telling me put my name down and I got called up <laughs> and I was like shaking like uncontrollably I had my bass and this guy, it was like me, this guitarist, and my brother was playing drums. I kind of set it up so I'd play drums. He would play drums with drums with me. And this guy was like, "Yeah, just got like a funky number in C." And I knew what you know playing in C meant. But I was like, "Oh, I don't know what I'm doing." And I, and then eventually just started playing something completely different. And he was like, "All right, we'll just play that then." <laughs> um, I could just imagine your dad's face. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> when he can see, yeah. when he sees you, he's like, "Yeah, I could just yeah. see him there That's laughing." That's my boy. Yeah, because <laughs> I got up, and then my dad was like, "What? He's going? You got to go?" And I was what? like, "What? You got to go like, now?" Oh, That was the first time and it was terrifying, but a lot of fun. What about you, man? I'm not sure whether or not it was with the school jazz band. Oh. Or I feel feel that was later. I I we we kind of split it into there was like a a jazz band and and then we had like a rock band, so I played like bass in the rock band and then I sang in the jazz band. I think I feel like that was later on. I think the first time ever I was I think it was when I was fifteen and I used to play in a punk band. And I remember being so nervous. And so drunk that <laughs> I just would, after every song, just swear constantly. Like I would, <laughs> I would like try and say things, but I would just be swearing. Like I just <laughs> like just constantly f this, f that. Like, but in a positive way. Like I don't know. I I was just so so nervous. But then I, I think it was pretty much as soon as I got that first one out of the way, I was just like, yeah, this is sort of This is really cool. yeah, yeah, just one. What were you playing in the jazz band? Uh, like just like basic jazz standards like there was lots of we did some like Frank Sinatra stuff some Jack and Cole stuff like, it was more like kind of swing right it was jazz there was like there was more like jazzy pieces that didn't have any singing in but there was me and uh, a friend of mine old friend of mine that we'd do like duets and stuff mm. and then she had a solo I had a solo so it was it was very cool nice nice <laughs> okay uh, tell us about um, some of the stuff that you were doing musically uh, before Basement uh, were you guys kicking around in, in bands and other stuff like uh, growing up um, yeah I was my first band was a band called Dungeons we were a hardcore band and yeah we, I was in that band for a long time that was kind of my formative teenage years were spending that band that was a lot of fun it was me my brother and then three other guys and that was awesome I did my first tour with that band when I was I think I joined the band when I was I just turned 16 right. um, and it was awesome it was great they taught me about drinking and things like that and <laughs> got me into a lot of trouble but it was good you talking about straight edge first oh yeah we were all straight edge and then they were alright oh, let's have a beer and then it went downhill and then after that this is how it's, so Dungeons and then a band called Lightbearer 
which right. was a, a post-metal band that me and my brother and another guy from Dungeon started with this some dudes from London it was like it was good we, we wrote, I wrote an album with them I didn't get to record it because just as they were about to go record I then joined the basement so right. never got to play any shows with them right. um, but yeah I had those are the two main bands that I had before I hooked up with these guys yeah. what about you Andrew? I I was in a I was in a bad punk band and a bad ska band. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's um, been in a bad ska. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's possible to be possible to be in a good ska. Band. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I, there was like crossover bands while I was um, doing stuff with with basement at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can we not uh, enforce it? Does that count? Oh, it definitely counts. Yeah, yeah. we we are uh, whilst basement is its early stages. We had a very very fun hardcore band that we played in. That's good. Called Enforcer. Yeah. Check out the demo. Brutal. I think it's still a lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's still on. It's still, still on back. MySpace I, doesn't forget. I, I, I take it down. Um, proud of that. Yeah, I used to be in a band called Breaking Point uh, <coughs> from the UK. Were you singing in all these bands? No, I played guitar in. I, I played bass in the ska bands and then and bass in the, in the punk band. Nice. Um, I've been I've been in or filled in a bunch of other bands uh, through hardcore since uh, I was about. And all play guitar, yeah. Because I think it's the I've, I always like sang stuff, but I never really thought about singing in a band. Right. Yeah. Um, it was more kind of just guitar. Like that was the thing I really wanted to do. Like play guitar like every day. Yeah. So yeah. It was just one of those things. That was like, oh, I want to be in a band. I want to play guitar. Mm. And I'm, I'm still very jealous of Alex and Ronan that they get to play guitar in a band. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I want to. I want to do that. Uh-huh. But um, you could do yeah. a three guitar band. <laughs> so you two are the actually the first Englishman that I have had on oh, this podcast. Okay. Um, so uh, I would very much like an insight into this. I was I was keen to know like kind of uh, about the scene that you guys grew up in musically, and was there much of a local band contingency like in the area where you guys were growing up? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was very, very small, very tight knit. Everyone knew everyone. That's everyone sort of knew everyone. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was uh, made up of. I guess our like immediate scene that we were very heavily involved in was my old band, your old band, uh, my old band, yeah, your old band, yeah. and then a few others from other neighbouring towns. Like we'd put on the shows, and sometimes have bands come down. Um, so it was very much a. If we didn't do it, there wouldn't have been yeah, anything yeah. to do. It's, it's weird because I've got like different takes on different things because when I first started music it was really just like punk scar yeah punk scar <laughs> like yeah like that there was and that's the only world I knew and that was great like it was it was like people would I mean there weren't big shows but people and it would be the same people would always go to shows in, in like the same like sort of smaller like pub venues or club venues yeah. it would be, you know be like 60 to 100 people but it was people had a really good time and shows seemed to be not, not regular but there was like enough going on to get you excited and get you thinking about you know when's the next show we're going to play when's the next show we're going to go to but as soon as I started kind of branching off into into other kinds of music like kind of getting more involved in, in hardcore and stuff like that yeah, yeah. in the town that we were in there wasn't that much going on like Duncan said it was really a case of if we didn't book bands we would have to go to London so we started putting on shows in this, this uh, attic space in, in a pub in the east of Ipswich Right. Um, and how far out is that from London? Uh, it's like an, uh, depending so on like, if, you get, if you can jump on the train from Ipswich to Liverpool Street, London Liverpool Street, and it takes an hour and ten minutes. It doesn't sound like a long journey, really, on the train, but yes. it's so expensive. Right. Like for a young person, like if you didn't have a rail card, 
like a young person's rail car or anything like that. Um, it was like thirty pounds, thirty-five pounds at the time. It's got more now. It's yeah. thirty-five pounds a ticket, and you know, to a sixteen-year-old who's in college or something like that, yeah, um, without a job, that's a lot of money. So it was, you know, London was very much a thing where it's like, if you had to go, you'd go, but if there was a closer gig, you'd want to go there. Instead. Yeah, of yeah. course. You know? yeah. There, it's, it's funny because like I don't I don't know what, what goes on now. But like I said, there was that time when we were putting on shows. It was actually really kind of cool because we felt like we were really trying to do something. Turnouts were pretty good. Like mm. again, like nothing like major, but like sometimes we get like ninety people or a hundred people, and, and it'd be bands that had never played it switch and never really thought to play it switch before. Uh, and um, it's because we try to hit them up and get them down. So. One thing I forget about is that you guys booked the Wonder Years, yeah, in Ipswich, who are now obviously. Yeah. The one like, is huge, huge, and they played this disgusting, dirty yeah. attic in a pub. A on... very cool show. <laughs> yeah, a very like really, really cool show. It was, a, it was like a floor, floor space. Like yeah. we ran the PA off a guy, um, Smithy. Shout out, shout out with it. Um, yeah, it was, and yeah, I think like I'm kind of proud about that. We, yeah, we yeah, had a part of it. It was cool. Like I, it was one of those things where we'd see a tour or we'd think about a band and be like, damn, I'd like to see them. Let's see if they want to play a show. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, so that that's that's cool. It even got so popular to the point it, it was going so well that promoters from other like towns oh, would yeah. like start using that space. They're like, oh shit, kids Give actually turn up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. turn up to these to this place. I might as well do it. I mean, I don't think they did it as well as us. But <laughs> I mean, it, it comes in waves. Like, I don't know what's yeah. up at the minute because. I don't live there anymore, so I don't know about yeah, shows yeah, yeah, going yeah. there. But it's like anything; things come and go. And then I eventually I went to university in Kent, and then I moved to London. So I didn't have a good time at, uh, in Kent. There was no shows that came from. I think I saw one show in three years. Um, it's just yeah, Canterbury. I mean, Kent in general. There's some, there's some good places. That Ashford, Ashford used to have a lot of good shows, but Canterbury really didn't have anything when I was there. Three yeah. years before it, it was pretty. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then but then I moved to London, and then it's like you just take your pick. Like you can go to any kind of show whenever you want, every single flipping week. It's it's, it's amazing. Tell us about the first basement show. Uh, was it, it was first basement show you were at, but you didn't play. Enforcer played though. Enforcer played. <laughs> that, that was Enforcer's first show uh, too. It was at a club, and when I say club, I don't mean a club venue. I mean an actual club, nightclub. Like nightclub. Yeah, mm. like an uh, and do we get it? At doors, do we get it before doors, and they allowed us to do it? Like, how did it work? Uh, it, yeah, it was. It was because my, my brother that somehow organised yeah, it. You knew the guy. Who yeah, and I think we could have the small room, which and it was before the main doors for the club opened, yeah. um, and then it had to be over just before doors. Yeah. Were. So, and it was good. It was. It was weird. <laughs> so, like, imagine like the the dance floor space of like a small size room, but in a huge club that has a huge bar. And we just like put everything on the floor and just got as many people as we could to come, and it was it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was weird because it's not really how you'd want a first show to be. Uh, no, it's a weird one, isn't it? It was very yeah, but that's but we didn't have anywhere to play uh, really that was available, and we just kind of wanted to just do it. And but it it was good. Well, I remember yeah. it being good fun. Yeah, I was definitely underage. You shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think, dude. I think most people. I remember having to sneak like Ollie in. Ollie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, Your brother. That's yeah. what you got to do. <laughs> so, what was your first basement show? My first basement show was Birmingham, the Flapper with Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ark of the Covenant, and who headlined? I forget who headlined, but yeah, was I this all day. No, it wasn't. It was a smaller show. We dro- like Alex wasn't there. He just he was in America for some reason. So it was Tom Sawyer on guitar, 
Rowan on guitar, me playing bass, you and your brother. And no, wait, no. <laughs> well, so I basically, re- I can't remember. Someone wasn't there because Alex was there. Alex drove up. Anyway, I remember it so very vividly. And there's a bunch of funny, <laughs> so, so like some funny videos came from I don't know where, but yeah, that was it. I'm trying to think of the other bands that played, but I remember Ark of the Covenant playing and Alex moshed during their. Like, oh yeah, riff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, during a really funny breakdown. But that was a cool show. A lot of fun. There you go. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy days. Man. Yeah. The wild years. That's yeah. how you remember them. Yeah. Or, or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> how about touring for the first time? What was that experience like for you guys? Like, uh, I'm, yeah, like, obviously I, I'm very, very uh, new to knowing anything about like uh, touring and music like throughout England and, and greater parts of Europe as well like uh, is, is it kind of a place where there are very very specific places that will draw immediate crowds is it oh, yeah. um, like is it worth like going out of your way to those smaller towns and it's, stuff like that well we're, we're trying it out um, yeah. at the end of the year yeah, no no sorry I don't mean that it's, it's summer we yeah before we've only ever played like the, the more kind of major cities because right, we know yeah. that people come out but we're in a position now where we're going to try and do some uh, kind of smaller towns to see what happens. Um, but for the most part, especially when you're starting out, you kind of pick your Leeds, Manchester's, London. Mm, well, that's kind of what we did for a while. After yeah, like, right. I can't even remember what the first tour was. Like, we were in a position where we would just like pick up shows here and there, or like jump on tours for a bit. Like, like. We did it. We did everything like a hardcore band at the beginning. Like hardcore bands, were like you hit up someone you know in another band who's coming over, and oh, can we play as many shows? Yeah, yeah, sure. Here's a promoter, and he'd be like, oh, we need an opener for this show, this show, and this show. So you play like that, and it's like a yeah. kind of a tour. You just you just open three shows, right? Yeah. So it's kind of bits and pieces. That I'm trying to think of the first. I feel Actual like tour. the first Tiger's tour. Jaw. Oh, cool. Yes, good yes. shout. Yes, Tiger's Jaw and self-defense was that yeah, yeah Tiger's Jaw and self-defense oh, right, right. so it was Tiger's Jaw then us then self-defense so mm-hmm. self-defense opening yeah, uh, yeah that was the first ever proper Actual tour we did booked tour did some, <laughs> did some cool places like we yeah. did some pretty decent we did like London and went to Scotland uh, yeah we went to Scotland it's the first time I ever played Scotland and stuff like that that was amazing yeah so because I I knew of them and met a couple of them briefly but through um, friends we had that were from their area in Pennsylvania but I'd never gotten to know them very well Yeah, and they were wonderful people mm-hmm. and just we all got on really really well and that tour was really good and uh, yeah I have very fond memories of that that was a really cool mm-hmm. very cool time what about uh, going uh, internationally for the first time like uh, what time what, when did you kind of uh, start performing overseas uh, so it wasn't too long after that, was it? Yeah, Europe came um, on the Daylight Tour, which was oh, a few yeah. months afterwards. Tell a lie. No, we played that one-off Germany show with More Than Life. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, in Stuttgart, More Than Life and us. And yeah, we, that was the first time we'd gone across. I jumped on a plane, headed over, played the show. So it was awesome. Very good fun. Yeah, we did that Europe run. That was, that was cool. Uh-huh. And then we... Oh, yeah, we did the American thing. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, that was crazy. That was, was that 2011. Yeah, I'd say so. yeah. We it's got awesome. a lot done that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
was, was that kind of a thing where you guys were just hitting the ground running? It was just like, all right, we have this album, we've got these songs, you have the PA, let's fucking do this. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even think we had the album at that point. No, really? Just, yeah, we had. We are the most backward and lucky band ever. Like, yes. <laughs> we, we've done tours off the back of once, like that first time we went to America, we, we had one seven inch. Seriously? We played the whole seven inch and then like the half the set was new songs and it was still like really good. I don't know yeah. why. I still don't understand why. And then the second time, like we, we never kept anything under wraps. We would always just play songs we haven't even recorded yet. It was at the point, a point where as soon as you wrote a new song, it had to go to the set just to yeah. fill it out. It was like, all right, well, we can put that one in already. And uh, yeah, I guess yeah, we did hit the ground running. Yeah. Almost. But it's, it's funny, like you look back at it now and start like reeling stuff off and it seems like we were incredibly busy, but we weren't. Yeah. Because we didn't have a lot of free time, everyone had jobs and it was hard to get the time off. And uh some people were still in school, my brother was still in school at the beginning yeah. of yeah. it. Like he was so we could only do stuff out out of term time. So it was like we had these really small spaces of time that we could do things in. I think we just tried to shove a lot in like that that summer before we went on hiatus we did America, Australia and Japan all in one yeah, chunk yeah. and recorded. Mm-hmm. So it was just like Kill yourself. Unbelievable. And what about the quote-unquote last basement yeah. show? Mm-hmm. Tell us about that because there's footage of that on YouTube and it looks just absolutely fucking absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we needed to kind of put a kind of time on it, and we were like, we didn't really know what to say. It was like this is going to be the last show for a while, but don't honestly. We could be back next week. We could be back in ten years' time. I haven't got a clue. Mm. Didn't know what was going on with my work and stuff. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. How long it was going to take me, and, and how much time it was going to take up. So we thought, we'll do a North, Northern show, do a Southern show, see what's up. And uh, it was awesome, absolutely yeah. awesome. Tell us about that time, uh, like away from basement. Like, uh, did you, did either of you think, or like, kind of have it in the back of your head that this would be a thing again? It was always a thing that, you know, because people would talk to us, like, talk to me, like, oh, how's the band? I was like, oh, I didn't explain about the highest, and they'd be like, oh, well, hopefully, you know, it comes back. And it was always a thing that I would think about. Yeah, like, sure. Because I, I love doing, I love the band, I love doing it. So it wasn't a thing I just forgot about and thought, you know, didn't really care about. But I could never, I didn't really ever see a date in the future like right that's when we get back together yeah. it was very much just a, it was, wasn't was happening and you can't get used to it and then it happened again yeah, yeah. I, um, I was the same like I kind of in my head I was like I really hope we do do stuff again um, but I was quite defeatist at the beginning because everyone was saying as soon as you become a teacher everything in your life is going to get taken over you're going to have no free time like, sure just sure yeah, else yeah. Still the back burner so I kind of anticipated that and that's why I brought up to everyone I was like you know Alex is moving away James is still at school like <coughs> I'm about to do this maybe we, yeah. should, maybe we should call it a day for a yeah, bit yeah. so we did quite soon after and I started getting myself together and realised that I was actually quite an organised person or could be an <laughs> organised person um, put my mind to it and I was like oh I actually can give myself some free time and yeah, yeah. we started Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's see what's up and see what we can do. So, right. Yeah. Let's move forward to that first show, quote unquote, back mm-hmm. then, uh, the the reunion tour, if you will. Uh, what was that experience like after spending so much time away from the band? Fucking mental. Batchy. Yeah. yeah. Insane. Like, it was like ridiculous. We um, and like every, yeah. every everyone was pretty pissed off. I think that we went straight to America, but it's like it's one of those things where. If you have the opportunity to go somewhere amazing, just mm. you've got to do it. And 
Yeah. America is ridiculous. Like it's, it's. I mean, especially at the time, I'd only ever been there once before. We wanted to go back so bad. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we booked that tour and like for a band that was really young and had only had two records, like two full-length records out. Yes. To do as well as we did is just like ridiculous. Yeah. Like, every show sold out. We played at Webster Hall. Yeah, that that's is, something that I will like remember to the day I die. The fact that we were like New York City is this amazing place. You see in the films, you hear about it. It's this the most famous city in the world, and the fact that we were in this city playing downtown Manhattan, downtown Manhattan, playing this amazing venue, sold yeah. out the biggest show we've ever played. Yeah, yeah. People were going insane. It's like top, like Ridiculous. top five, like greatest things that we'll ever experience mm. as people, and it's something that. I'll, never forget and always cherish and that whole tour was just every show it was amazing 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. by the end of it we were just like we couldn't believe it we were like we don't know what has just happened but I know we had a lot of fun doing it yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely and so yeah it's been a few years now and you're a fully active band again getting to tour the world once again with a brand new record um, did, does it feel at all different in a way to like that that initial run like do you do you feel like you've learned a lot from that that first time as a band going going through I think we learn a lot every single time we go out like there's always sure, stuff yeah. and, and the reason being is because there's always stuff that we fuck up yeah. <laughs> there's, like, there's so many mistakes that you can make I don't yeah, know, yeah. with uh, like I don't know like drives or like timings of stuff or like yeah. merch orders or how to sound check there's so much stuff that you can get wrong and learn how to eventually try and get right so mm-hmm. the whole thing is just a constant learning kind of process yeah. but it feels like as cool and if not cooler I think doing it like this because it's the first time I haven't had to worry about getting back for a job or getting back to find a job mm. or yeah. do work while I'm away it's like this is so this is what you're doing for a living now yeah, so yeah it's, it's a job. pretty wild like, <laughs> to say that it's like there's been a few forms I've had to fill out recently where I actually have to write down like, right musicians musician. it's like mad well, yeah it's, it's <laughs> mental like I like write self-employed and they're like no you need to specify I'm like right, I've got to write down musician like, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> mental you yeah. forced my like, hand yeah, <laughs> well, I, like, I, I keep it very under wraps like it's it's only right when it when a situation presents itself where it would be awkward to not explain yeah, that's what yeah. I'm say otherwise I'll say a self-employed like for example however like I don't so I don't like talking about it but my hairdresser was like oh what do you do I was like oh, I'm self-employed and he was like yeah but what I'm not going to like lie so I was like oh I'm kind of in a band and then and then it becomes a conversation but it's, it's so it's, funny because I say oh I'm kind of in a band too it's like we're not kind of in a band yeah we're, we're in, in a band, a band. Yeah. I know it's, it's weird it's like I, there's just I have there's such weird stigma around there, yeah. bands and that like to talk about it a lot and and just be kind of I guess arrogant and over the top about it and I do it because I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like uh, we talk, someone was talking about this yesterday. God is the hell have I got his name? I've known him for a year. Um the guitarist in uh <laughs> turnover that isn't Austin. No, Eric. Eric. <laughs> Eric was saying really uh, something very nice to me yesterday. He was complimenting me, oh, and I was I was putting myself down. He was like, "Why are you doing that?" I was like, "Because I'm British. We yeah. can't <laughs> we can't take or I can't take compliments, and I don't like being arrogant. So I just don't talk about anything or play it down tremendously <laughs> at the fear of sounding arrogant. So <laughs> telling someone to me, telling someone you're in a band, kind of falls into that category. So yeah, <laughs> and then they start asking the question, like, "Oh, you have like." 
drug crazed orgies backstage. That's not what it's like. My auntie tells me that every time. She's like, you make sure you stay away from the drug orgies. (laughs) What (laughs) drug orgies? I haven't seen any of those. What shows are you going to, man? Come on. Yeah, that's it. It's either people, unfortunately, people either have like really grandiose expectations or like really, really small. One of my dad's best friends recently was like, "Uh, oh, Paul, what's... um, the guys free in April were they free to play um, Kira my daughter's 18th he's like no they'll be in Australia so he's like he's trying to play, he's like, oh right right and then there's like someone's like oh yeah so like you're playing this thing I was like no that's huge like, he's like or expect us to have like millions of pounds because yeah. we're in a band so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird if you're not involved in like kind of underground music like people don't get it it's yeah. just such yeah. a weird disconnect you know like there is a difference like you know there's a middle ground between there's you know so playing much. a daughter playing yeah. your daughter's wedding and being in the yeah. Foo Fighters yeah. that's it yeah. it's like yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's a very very vast uh, well I think you guys have struck a pretty happy medium <laughs> yeah, at the cool. moment you, yeah, guys, you guys are the you guys are the the biggest smallest band <laughs> yeah, in the world right now perfect <laughs> like so we'll wrap it up here but before we do that I ask this of all of our guests and now I ask this of you Basement I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played Okay. I know the worst one straight away. Oh, I'll go best. Oh, let's okay, you go. Let's okay, see. Let's best. see if they're different. This will be good. Okay. So my best, Webster Hall. I said toss up between Webster Hall and Alexander Palace. Okay. Why have you chosen these? So Webster Hall because Alexander Palace Webster Hall, was Webster amazing. Hall. Alex, but Webster Hall because it was our show. Yeah, Webster Hall was. Yeah, it's got to be Webster Hall. And right. Alexandra Palace, we were supporting, and it was an amazing experience. And I totally agree. But Webster Hall was yeah. Just, it Having it be our right. show and our yeah. name on that thing, yeah. and it be that mad. Like, as soon as Alex struck that first chord, like it was. Just there was like there was like a I don't know like a, well that's my watch. There was like a three meter gap in between the stage and the barrier. And as soon oh, as he started shit. playing, the crowd surged forward to the point where the, the barrier came onto the security guard and they had to get people to push the barrier back. Yeah. They had to stop the set like three songs in. It was like you need to move back to push the barrier because. Everyone had crushed the security. <laughs> oh my god! It was yeah. fucking sick, <laughs> yeah, it was dude. Yeah. That was just literally like anarchy in the UK. It was, it was, yeah, that's how yeah, big is this room for those who haven't uh, been? One thousand, one thousand four hundred, five hundred, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, maybe that was no, because that one thousand five was like our biggest show, and it was bigger than Webster. I think Webster's one one or one really? two. I think I don't okay. know. I can't remember. Anyway. The number didn't really matter because of just it how was huge. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the biggest. When it gets to that ever. point, you're like two or three hundred people. You don't actually notice the difference. Yeah. <laughs> worst show. Worst. Yeah, here we go. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, give me yours. Is it like, Austria? Is you know that, that one where everything went wrong and that European run we did. What show was that? Was that with the Modern Life one? No, no. The, the Euro tour we just did. The headline tour with oh, uh, yeah. Tugstore. Oh, what? The one... The one where everybody messed up and it was, like, the worst show ever. <laughs> Austria. Was it Austria? Some people are remembering yeah. this differently. Yeah. It's the one where you did a forward roll for the encore. <laughs> oh, what? Well, that was Switzerland. Was it? A forward roll? <laughs> Dude, it was so <laughs> bad. We were out. We're all just like... I want to die. Yeah. That was terrible. <laughs> and then we were like, fuck it, should we do an encore? And Alex did like a, a weird walk out. You did a forward roll. My mind's drawn blank, but it's like, shit. Then, I think we did a, I think we did a Nirvana cover to finish. Uh, that, was yeah, that was Switzerland, yeah. That was mad. Yeah, that was Switzerland, yeah. It was just... Oh, no, that was a good show. I'm yeah. talking about... The show that they filmed, they filmed it. And it was, te- it was just, oh, it's terrible. Oh my Everything god! Everything went wrong. And I was like, <laughs> good why? thing they filmed it. Though. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why are you filming this? It was just like, 
it, it got to the point where it was, it was a joke. Like, I think every every person that had a prominent part in a song fucked that part. Right. Oh. So if there's a bit where the music's really low and I'm singing by myself, fucked it up. Yeah. Like you you messed up the bass bit and promised everything. Ronan like mishit a thing in the middle <laughs> of the song. Alex missed it. Crab messed up a drum beat, had to stop. It was like oh. it was just like one of the things. And my brain's probably just pushed to the back of like, my head. Repressed yeah. memories. That was yeah. that. I think thinking about it now, like off the top of my head, like there might well be a worse show. But as far as like us performing wise, yeah. it was just like ridiculously bad. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll go with that one too. People said they had a good time. Though. Yeah, we discussed it. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> we really did. The album is Promise Everything. Uh, it is one of my records to beat this year. I fucking love it, guys. I'm very, very excited to be uh, hearing songs from it live for the first time. Uh, do you have anything you would like to plug before we get on out of here? Do what you want to do. Shout you? out Sheboygan. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Sheboygan. Very much it. All good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right on. This Gentlemen. podcast is awesome. You can listen to it. It's sick. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. Right, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm David Gentile, and all my friends and Bob. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com. There's a sign on the door. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker.